I'm Sinead O'Moore and you're listening to Every Mum the Podcast supported by Water Wipes, the world's purest baby wipes made with only two ingredients, 99.9% purified water and a drop of fruit extract. From fertility to birth, pandemic parenting to taking care of ourselves, here we talk to women about their own unique experiences of motherhood, the insane joy and the anxious defeat, the love, the laughs, the tears, and the moments that we don't talk enough about. This season is supported by one of the most essential products for every mum. From that first nappy change to those messy weaning months, water wipes. Winners of seven National Parenting Product Awards 2021, including Best Baby Wipes, water wipes are proven to be purer than cotton wool and water, making them ideal to protect and gently cleanse sensitive newborn and even premature skin. As the number one wipe in Ireland, together we are committed to providing more support for parents with trusted products and this podcast. In this week's episode, we are back with a guest from season two, Sinead Hingston Green. When we last spoke to Sinead, she was raising her voice to share how difficult it was for parents to experience loss during the pandemic maternity restrictions. Her episode supported an army of women who felt so abandoned and partners who felt so excluded. At the time, Sinead shared her experience of a miscarriage and ectopic pregnancy in 2020. But her story didn't end there, as she became pregnant again and lost again that year. In early 2021, she and her husband gave their hearts one more time to the process. And we recorded this episode with her little newborn Albie in her arms. We talk about the pain of three losses in 2020, about how she found the strength to try again, about the community of other warriors she has connected with and is supported by, how anxious she was throughout the pregnancy and how in love she is with her three children. In this episode, on the week of love, we celebrate a mother's love after loss. Sinead and Albie, <laughs> little <Hi>. Sparky, <laughs> little Sparky. Thank you for joining me again on Every Thank Month. Thank you for having me again. For those that aren't part of our screen right now, I am watching <laughs> Sinead hold a tiny, sleepy, four-week-old, delicious munch of a baby. <laughs> Little dude. Oh. I thought it was a little female, but no, another little dude. He is beautiful. You are beautiful. And as we oh. just spoke before <laughs> I pressed You make me cry, stop. Record. <laughs> you seem so happy. I am. Yeah. Besotted, I think, is the words to use. Just totally Yeah, I just can't believe he's here. This is a part two of a story. And oh, it has it's a story. <laughs> a very happy ending. It is a long story. It is a painful story. The story continued after we originally spoke in heartbreaking ways that we didn't think would happen when we did talk. Back in the, we can't decide, we're thinking late summer, early autumn of 2020, we last recorded um, the episode. It definitely came out on the 10th of October 2020. I know that because I was in labour giving birth to Juliet at the time. 
thinking of all the things that you had been through and that other women had been through in the pandemic um, and before and after, but especially in the pandemic, because our first conversation was all about going through those heartbreaking losses alone. Yeah. Pretty horrific. Pretty horrific. You had a miscarriage, you had an ectopic, and you'll agree the amount of messages that we've both received since about that conversation and how much it has supported other women and how much you have supported in changing situations because of change of, of sharing your story publicly. Yeah, it did feel like it was a definite shift that Huge. year and the year after, yeah. National media, you were on the news, <laughs> yeah. and it Gosh. kicked off a big ambition that you had as well for Hollis Street and supporting them. Like you've had, you've done so much good work for women of Ireland since you've been through these experiences take us on from where we last left which was talking about the ectopic pregnancy um because of course it didn't end there no um we decided so the doctor after the ectopic had said to us just to wait a cycle so obviously after my first miscarriage we didn't have a cycle in between got pregnant straight away you know, didn't really know what date the pregnancy was and it turned out to be an ectopic. So he just kind of said, look, you don't have to wait, but we would advise you to wait one cycle just so we can date any subsequent pregnancies. So we waited and we had one cycle and we started trying again and we got pregnant straight away again. So I am very fertile. That's one thing that's come Mm -hmm. out of all of this is that I know I can get pregnant quite easily. Um, So yeah, we found out I'm going to say in the October 2020 feels like about 10 years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously I was absolutely ecstatic, but I was instantly filled with all sorts of fear and anxiety and what ifs. And I had obviously lost my tube with my ectopic mm-hmm. as well. So the fact that we had actually gotten pregnant so quickly was just incredible. But I kind of felt that it was just meant to be, that there was just you know, that it did happen really easily and that we were destined to have our third baby. And I just started to try and change my mindset to, no, this is going to happen and you deserve this. And we're going to have three kids and everything's going to be fine. Um, so they brought me in quite early to have a really early scan to make sure that it had implanted in my uterus, which it had. So it was just great to see that little flicker on the screen. Um, and then that was six weeks, I think. And they said, I'll come back at eight weeks and we'll have another scan, just a reassurance one, just to kind of calm your nerves. So I went back in at eight weeks, had another scan. Everything was perfect. Little bean on the screen, little heartbeat. Um, and being quite strong, it was over 150. So everything was like really positive. Um, and we were still working from home at this time. Life was still pretty stressful. Um, thankfully, though, Michael had actually been with me for mm. that scan, for the first scan, um, which I can't even begin to tell you the difference in. I still had to wait in the waiting room in waiting room B by myself but he was allowed up when I walked into the room I said I'm just going to ring my husband I didn't even ask I think I just said I'm just going to ring my husband mm. to get him to come up and they didn't say no so I was like amazing so it just made all the world a difference having him by my side and having him there to see a heartbeat and everything was amazing um so at about nine weeks it was the following Wednesday I'd gone for a walk with my mom with the kids and I just remember feeling like just little cramps, just little niggles. And I was like, that's all stretching. And, you know, this Mm. is the week after week eight that things start to kind of, you know, just get that bit stronger. Mm. Maybe it's all to do with that. 
no bleeding, no nothing, but just these tiny little niggly cramps. Um, Thursday, there was nothing there. Everything was fine again on Thursday. But the Friday, I just didn't feel right. I just felt that something had changed. Um, again, no bleeding, no pain, no nothing. But I just, in I don't know, just my gut, I just felt different. So I phoned Hollis Street and I just said, hey, you know, I just, I'd like to come in and have a scan. Mm. Um, and they said, but she were only here last week. Everything was fine. Brilliant heartbeat. Everything's great. And I said, look, I know I sound ridiculous, but I just feel like there's something different. And again, all the questions, are you bleeding? Are you cramping? Mm. Are you this? Are you that? And I was like, no, I said, I can't put my finger on it. I just don't feel right. Mm. Um, and she said, look, we're not going to turn you away at the door. But, you know, normally we would say stay at home, especially in the current situation of pandemic. Um, but I just, I don't know what it was. I took myself off into Hollow Street. Uh, Michael had been on a call when I was leaving the house. So I was like, look, I am probably being paranoid. So stay here. Mm. You're fine. You know, I'm grand. I'll quiz in and out. Everything will be fine. So I went in, sat in Amy for a few minutes. And I don't know, like probably 70% of me did think I was being ridiculous and being paranoid. Mm. But there was just that 30 that just was like prepared almost. Mm-hmm. Um, so got called into the scanning room and the usual lay down and they took the my knickers all the way down and um, there was two midwives there which I thought was really weird initially that there was already two without before they even started so one was on my left holding my hand and then the one who was doing the scan so the one on my left then when they were doing the scan started like talking about the weather and about work and working from home with kids and I'm looking at her going Mm. I know you're trying to distract me from the inevitable. Can you please just tell me? Mm. Um, and the other woman that was there said, you know what? The baby's actually just lying in a really funny position. I'm just going to do an internal. And that's when I knew mm. that there was nothing because the week before they had done a tummy scan and everything was very clear on the screen. Mm. So she did an internal and she said, look, you know, 98% of women that come in here with that good feeling are actually wrong. But she said, I'm really sorry, you're right. There is no heartbeat. And I just remember pulling my knees up mm. to my chest and just instantly bawling. There was no, there was no pause from, okay, let's process this. It was just an instant mm. pain. And I just, oh, I can't even begin to describe the feeling. And God love the two of them. Like they ended up leaving me with the box of tissues because I was heaving crying. I don't even think they knew what to say. And I, like I said to her straight away, quite angry. I said, look, can you just book me in for the DNC now? Mm. I don't want to have to wait for the weekend. Like, just, can we just get this done? I don't want to have to walk around all weekend mm. with this baby inside me knowing what's after happening. And they just said, look, we can't. Like, you're going to have to wait. And it was just, it was horrific. So I rang Michael and I said, there's no heartbeat. I was right. And he was like, oh, Sinead, like, mm. come home, just get home. And I rang my mom and like my poor mother. She just, she didn't even know what to say at this point. It was just... It was just so cruel. It was just to have that, you know, little string of hope to, to be ripped from under us so soon afterwards. Um, so to be fair, and they it, did and it wasn't in. long either. Like they were, these were all happening in very quick succession. So it's just like heartbreak, hope, heartbreak, hope, heartbreak, hope. Oh my hope. God, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like literally the week before we walked mm. out like practically crying with happiness that this little bean was was good and everything was fine and to a week later just to know um so yeah I came home and it was the night of the late late show so it was the the 28th of November mm. the 30 days of November there is it was 28th of November Friday night mm. put on my Christmas pajamas and I sat down with Lily on the couch with all of our goodies and we watched mm. the late late show and 
I had actually only told her on the Wednesday that I was pregnant. So I had to break to her that night that unfortunately we weren't anymore and try to explain to her that babies are so, so tiny and, you know, anything can happen. And unfortunately that the little heart had just not, not developed properly. And she was amazing. She just gave me a hug and she was like, mommy, it's going to be okay. And I was like, oh my God, you're just awesome. And we sat down on the couch and like, like anything, you suck at your parents, you know, mm. you can't sit and wallow and, show goes you know, on curl up in a ball the show goes on we watched the late late show went to bed i even did photography sessions on the saturday and sunday that weekend knowing that i had miscarried a baby and it was still very much in my tummy and i walked around fern hill and i took photos with a smile on my face and because i didn't want to let those people down you know just before christmas i was like i'm not cancelling these sessions and it's just amazing how autopilot kicks in and you just suck it up um and then the monday michael dropped me in the monday morning and I had my third procedure of the year um, to say goodbye to that little one. So we kind of after that, I was kind of done. I was very annoyed and angry. And, you know, I just feel like life really wasn't my friend mm. at the time. I mm. am um, just with everything from the last 10 years, I suppose, all came thundering back. And I just felt really bitter and kind of fed up. Um, and... It was Michael that said, look, let's just take our time. Let's enjoy Christmas as much as we can and just not think about babies anymore for now. And I was like, yeah, you're right. And there was a good few people due um, the same week as me, which was really tough. But again, you know, you kind of have to force yourself to be happy for them. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, the month of December went by and my cycle was a bit messed up. It hadn't really come back. I had a bit of spotting on and off, but nothing major. And um, we had gone back in at the beginning of January and had loads of bloods and stuff done because I'd had three miscarriages in a row. They sent everything off for testing and we had loads. Well, sorry, I say we, I had vials and vials of blood taken. Michael had one. I was like, how does that work? Um, so, yeah, then the end of January, I still hadn't really got my period back properly. Um, and I was standing in the kitchen and Michael was like, are you pregnant? I was like, what? I was like, no, I'm absolutely not pregnant. It was kind of, it must have been very three quarters of the way through January. Um, and he's like, oh, your boobs look like you're pregnant. And I was like, well, I'm obviously just going to get my period. Like, that's obviously what's about to happen. But I then was like, Jesus, maybe that's why I haven't gotten my period. Yeah. Um, and I did a test that evening and it was a very faint line. And I was like, this can't be, it can't be. Like, this is ridiculous. I think, look, we've barely even looked in each other's direction at this but point. As we know, very oh, It only takes one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so the following morning I did another test and it was slightly darker line, but like not, I, I do you know what I so was not in the headspace to be yeah. again, that I just didn't even, there was no happy, there was no emotion at all. I just yeah. looked at it kind of blankly. Here um, comes more weirdly, pain. Yeah, weirdly within, within the week I had got a full on period. So I had obviously had a chemical pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Um, so in that time, we had gotten the call from Kathy Allen to say that all the results had come back and there was absolutely nothing that had shown up or flagged on any of the bloods. And mm. um, my AMH levels were incredible for somebody who had turned 40 mm. um, or had, was I, no, I wasn't 40 yet. I was turning 40 that April. So mm. still 39 whenever I got that call. Um, but yeah, she said my AMH levels were amazing. Um, and that there was absolutely no reason for any of these miscarriages and um, the little one that we lost at Christmas um, turned out to be a boy, which I found out, I found that out 
I think it was the beginning of December, no, beginning of January. Um, and I found that really, really hard. So I didn't know what the first two were. And it's a weird kind of distant feeling from them. Mm-hmm. But knowing that that the little guy we lost in December was a boy was really tough. And Lily had actually named him Charlie because she thought it was a nice unisex name. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's now little baby Charlie. Um, but yeah, that was really, really tough. And he actually, they're real. They're real. Oh my God, yeah. They really are like they're little. They're your little ones. They're your littlest yeah. loves, as I call them now. That's they're it. like, and well, yeah. I, I think you're right. I think it is very hard when a gender is placed on it because it does make it more real. But then also, they're they are real, and yeah. perhaps it helps us to remember them and to kind of oh, absolutely form yeah. them in our heads as to who they would be. Yeah, and it's the only one that Lily knew about, so we didn't yeah. tell her about the other. Well, obviously the other three now but we didn't say anything to her about them so Mm. it's the only one that that she speaks openly about now so it does make charlie a bit more real Mm. um but he did have trisomy 21 so he had Mm. down syndrome Mm. um which again i I guess when you're not expecting anything to show up to be told that Mm. that was also we were a little bit shocked i suppose is the Mm. word to describe it but it was you know yeah, obviously nature deciding for us, as heartbreaking as it was. Um, so I had a really lengthy conversation with Cathy Allen and she was just incredible. Like she just said to me, look, if you have the money and you have thousands and thousands of euro and you really want a third baby, she was like, go down the IVF route. They'll do this you know, specific kind of IVF that they'll test your eggs first and they'll They'll pick out the really good eggs and then they'll go from there. She said, you know, it's not cheap. So if you financially can do this, mm. that is an option for you guys. Um, and she said, Sinead, there's nothing stopping you from getting pregnant again and going on to have a beautiful, wonderful pregnancy. She's mm. like, like, there's nothing that's indicating that this can't happen for you. Mm. Um, and I was like, well, Kathy, like four back-to-back losses. And she was like, it's awful. She was like, I'm not going to take that away from you, but... You know, there's no reason for it. There's no, there's no definite anything showing up in your blood. Your progesterone levels are fine. Your aspirin levels are fine. She was like, there's no reason why you can't go on to have another pregnancy naturally. Um, and she said, all I'll say to you is, if you feel you have it in you, and this is the sentence that stuck with me and the reason that we went one more time. She said, if you feel you have it in you to have another miscarriage, then you need to go and have a bit of fun with your husband and go and try again. So she was basically saying, if I felt strong enough to lose another pregnancy, then there's no reason why we shouldn't go and try our, again ourselves naturally. And um, did you feel strong enough? So no, I think I felt numb at that point. I think part of me was very done. Part of me was like, I'm not doing this again. And not even for, I don't know, I can't even describe it. It was just it's the length of time that it takes to recover from it to to go through the emotions of it but then allowing your body and your mind and your heart to heal was the bit that I struggled with and the you know putting on a brave face for your kids that you have to be a mom for you know like there's no time to sit in bed and cry and I used to do all my crying in the shower that was where I went to have my cry and I would go into the shower and I would just bawl and then I'd turn the water off and stop crying and get out and be a mom again. Like it was just, that was the bit that I was like, I don't know if I can do that again. Like that's just exhausting. Mm. Um, 
And it was actually Michael that was just like, look, let's just take a couple of months. Let's get a bit healthier, get our heads in the right space, and then let's try again. So I was like, right, okay, you know, fair enough. So I joined Slimming World and, you know, I took my proceeds every single day. And I just really, you know, I just really got into a really good place kind of emotionally and healthily. And I had put on so much weight from having four miscarriages back to back. Like my body was all over the shop. Um, so yeah, I just, I did gym mondo sessions every other day and loved them. Like I really got into like a proper, just a healthy space, I suppose. Which um, regardless of baby world is, you know, it's so something important. that we all need all the time oh is that God, reminder yeah. to prioritize ourselves. Cause and we, we had don't. gotten into such a, a focus on having a third baby. Mm. We had let everything else go. You mm. know, we hadn't bothered to stay healthy. And mm. it was like this cycle of cycles. You know, let's wait for the next cycle and let's try again. Let's take the, do these ovulation sticks. Mm. Like, you know, the last, the last time we, we decided to go again, obviously I'm now holding them. Um, mm. But I, I don't remember there being so much pressure on us to, do the ovulation sticks and make sure that we did it this then you know it was just it was much more relaxed I think mm. um so yeah we which isn't to say and... though that that is why either because god no 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 not at all there is nothing worse when chance. you're trying that when people somebody Absolutely. says hey just take you know just relax and you're just like relax. it doesn't work like that <laughs> it doesn't work like that no it just so happened that we we really yeah. did take a couple of months mm. just to forget about it I suppose um, but to let your body also recover, your body, yeah. your hormones, the, the 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 journey that it had been on, regardless of whether there was another baby coming down the line to you, you deserved to just take care of yourself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This podcast is just one way that every mum can support you. Another amazing way is with our free gift bag, packed full of essentials for you and baby, including free samples of water wipes, the number one wipe against nappy rash. To receive yours, just register now on everymum.ie. There's a free gift bag there waiting for every mum. So yeah, it was in the March then. It was actually funny. Rosanna Davidson had posted a thing about just thinking of all the moms that were hoping to get their their um, 2021 babies. And I'll never forget reading it. I was like, that's so true. Like yeah. April is the last month that you can get a positive pregnancy test for you to have a baby yeah. in the same year. Yeah. And I just, this was the March and I remember sitting in bed and I did loads of stories on it and I was kind of just talking about it. And I came up with this, like, you know what, for the month of March and April, I'm going to light a candle every night and I'm going to manifest this baby and I'm going to call it Spark of Life. And yeah, so we did try again in the March. Um, and it was actually Michael's birthday on the 18th of April that I did the test and I there it was, that little faint line again. And I just remember like sitting there going, oh my God, like what are the chances? You know, like it was just, I, I just couldn't believe it. Um, and I obviously did a test every single day for like 10 days just to make sure. And it meant nothing because the ectopic, the lines got darker, you know, it didn't, I don't know what it was. It's just this mm -hmm. uh, total pee stick obsession, obviously mm -hmm. as well, because mm -hmm. I've done so many. Um, but yeah, then I, but the anxiety comes the, then. Oh, God, yeah, completely. So I'd heard about the TLC clinic. Kathy Allen had said it to me on the phone whenever she had phoned that day in January. And she said, look, I've set up this new clinic. Um, it's basically for women who have suffered recurrent miscarriages, but it's mm. for you to come weekly and have weekly scans and just a chat and a bit of reassurance. Mm. And 
I just remember thinking, God, that's amazing. And I really hope that I do get the chance to be a part of that clinic. You know, I may never again, but please God, I will. Um, so yeah, I phoned Hollis Street pretty much straight away and said, look, I am actually pregnant again. I phoned the midwives, the bereavement team as well. Mm. Um, totally freaking out. And they were like, look, go and get your thyroid bloods done. Start taking the progesterone because Kathy Allen had actually put me on progesterone out of pure peace of mind. I didn't need it, but she was like, look, if it helps your mind, there's a prescription for it and you can take that. So I started taking that, um, had my thyroid levels checked. And obviously I've done a couple of lives on this. So with my doctor, my thyroid levels were normal from what mm. she feels, which normally if I hadn't been pregnant, they would have been at a normal level. Um, but when I went into the thyroid clinic in Hollis Street, they were like, no, these are way too high. They need to be way down below three. Mine were at 4.2. And it took six weeks for the, for them to get them right down. And my, my dose like tripled. So it just shows the importance of getting your thyroid checked in mm. early pregnancy. Mm. Um, so yeah, I started attending the TLC clinic then with Kathy Allen. And I, I, I mean, the rest is pretty much history. I graduated at 12 weeks and was almost afraid to... Mm to leave her clinic. How, I was how like, important no, was that? How Not important so was that? Like that just sounds so the I did most kind thing. Yeah, it, it, it was funny. So every Friday, like you're living for Friday. Mm. So literally, I, I, I honestly can't tell you how quickly the year went really when I look back mm. because you're living week on week and you're living literally for the next scam. Mm. Um, and there is an element of relief on the Friday and probably maybe three days after. Mm. And then the anxiety and the worry mm. starts to creep back in again. But that would have happened regardless. So in my head, I'm like, how incredible it was to have weekly scans. But I only had that worry and anxiety for a couple of days a week. Mm. And then I got my scan again and I got to see the heartbeat and I got to see everything going strong. And, you know, I just, the reassurance of it was just incredible. And to be able to sit there and, you know, she just gave you her time. Like a lot of the time that's all you want is just to chat to somebody who knows what they're talking about, just to give you that little bit of reassurance. And that's exactly what it felt like with her. So you'd go in every week and she goes, right, you know, what are the worries this week and how are you getting on? And have you any other niggles, anything else that's bothering you? And, you know, you sit there and you get it off your chest and she would tell you that it's all perfectly normal. And you'd walk out feeling a million dollars because you were like, I'm okay. Everything's fine. Sign and me up. Oh my God, it was just, it was incredible. So yeah, I did that for 12 weeks. And then I was, I graduated from her clinic, which was really sad. I remember kind of going, no, I want to keep doing this for the rest of the pregnancy. Sounds lovely. Oh, it was. Um, and then I went into the preterm surveillance clinic because Dylan had been six weeks early. So they just wanted to keep an eye to make sure that this little guy wasn't going to do the same. Um, and yeah, I graduated from that at 28 weeks, 20 six weeks maybe um and then just went into the normal the normal public clinic so the wednesday but it was you know summer holidays and then midterm and you know it just kind of it just flew like the, when i think back like the second half of the pregnancy just flew when i got to 20 weeks i think a little bit of weight lifted off my shoulders and i started feeling a little bit more comfortable in the pregnancy i didn't enjoy the pregnancy at all i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna sit here and say it was wonderful and I did love my bump. I do love an L pregnancy bump mm. and I love the bigger the better. Like I've always been like that. Um, but I hated I hated the worry. I hated the anxiety. I hated the the further along I got, the more worried I got about losing the baby. I just mm. 
I really did struggle with that. And I found Instagram incredible. I can't, I can't even begin to describe how much comfort I got from talking to other women on Instagram, especially women who have kind of been through what I'd been through, but then come out the other side. Like Rebecca Horan was one person that I just constantly kind of went to. And I was like, you know, God, this is what I'm feeling today. And she's like, totally normal. I went through that at X amount of weeks. And it just made you feel so normal. Um, and yeah, then, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. The rest of the pregnancy just progressed the way it was meant to. It was amazing. The anxiety is a really important thing because I think that sometimes there's a misconception that the end goal is just seeing that positive pregnancy test or even mm-hmm. graduating at 12 weeks. It doesn't end. And as you said, even a few days after he was born, you're still locked in a, is this real? Is everything okay? And I, and I think that's a really important thing to acknowledge that just because you have what you want doesn't mean your body is ready to know that it's safe. Yeah, completely. Like, I just remember thinking right up until they lifted him over the sheet during the section, like Michael will tell you, I still kept looking to him saying something else is going to go wrong. This is too good to be true. Why did we lose four babies before him? Sorry, I'm going to start crying. Um, like, why did we lose so many babies before him? What makes him so special? What makes him okay? And I just, until they handed him to me and they had done all the checks and they had like cleared him of, of everything and just handed him and put him on my chest. And I just kept saying, like, there's a little video that Michael took of me saying, is he okay? Is he okay? When I could hear him screaming and he was being weighed and, you know, cleaned up for me to have him. But I was still lying there saying, is he okay? And Mike was like, he's great. Like, he's amazing. He's great. And I, I just still, I was like, what are they about to tell me? What are they about to tell me is wrong? You know, and I'm lying on the, the operating table in the theater and he's out and he's screaming and he's healthy and he's fine. And I was still lying there saying, what? Like, what, what's wrong with him? Like, what is wrong with him? And like, they were like, Sinead, he's perfect. I was like, what? Really? what he's okay like it was just the most it was the most bizarre relief I can I can't yeah I there is no way to describe the feeling it was like when as I said to you when they lifted him up over the sheet it's like they lifted so much worry and anxiety out of me at the same time um but then yeah I mean the the few nights after like I remember I went to put him into the little crib that they give you Mm. um and he obviously had bad wind and you know yourself their mouth goes a little bit blue and whatever way it caught him like when I looked at him I didn't see his chest rise and fall and I was like oh dear god he stopped breathing and I remember whipping him out and I just grabbed him and like squeezed him to my chest and he pulled his knees up under his belly and just burped and he was fine and I just like I burst out crying I was like oh my god this is just another level like I remember having the little niggly worries with Lily and Dylan but nothing nothing on the level of worry that came when he arrived like like you say it doesn't end with the positive pregnancy test it doesn't end at week 12 or week 20 or week 24 when they're viable which i'm just like (laughs) they're viable from that positive pregnancy test in your head you know um but yeah it just i just remember sitting there on my own i don't know what time it was in Hollis street bawling crying with my squishy newborn on my chest just feeling him breathe going oh my god this is just insane like and it does it takes it takes a few nights for it to kind of 
I think the stronger they get and the, the more robust they get, the, mm. you know, it starts to ease a little bit. You start to kind of believe that they're going to be totally fine. This is his favourite place to be. His little <laughs> face. I just can't keep my eyes off him. Mm. He's, He's a dreamboat. Absolutely <laughs> gorgeous. The last time we had a conversation like this, you were in so much pain. Oh, you no. were just... You were so upset and you were so angry and you were so angry for Michael and what he had missed out in terms of being able to be there to support you and yeah. how cruel the restrictions were, are, how yeah. cruel the year was. Why was this happening to you? Why so much grief arriving at your door? It again. was before, again, you still had so far to go even after that conversation that neither of us knew was coming for you. And yet here we are, you you sparked his little life. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I did. I manifested this baby. Oh, if only it was that easy. And I know there are so many women out there who are lighting candles every night in the hope that they, I just feel so incredibly lucky. I can't, yeah, I can't even describe it. Like I just, I just feel so lucky after everything that I, I mean, even before miscarriages, everything that I've been through in the past 10 years, I feel like a really lucky person, if that makes any sense whatsoever right now. But I'm just so besotted. I just I still can't believe he's here. I think that's like I, I find myself staring at him and I'm just like, Sinead, it's fucking 12 o'clock. Would you get up and go and do something? And I'm like, no, no. Just gonna lie here and stare at my baby. Oh my god! Do all of the lying and all of the staring at your baby. Oh, they, I will. They grow up cruelly too quick. quickly. Too it's, quick. It's way too quick. He's four weeks already. I know. Isn't it just you? Just you want to cling on to those days. Oh, if I could freeze him! Oh my yeah. god! Just just this size. The way he curls his legs up like a little frog, and oh, he just can't. He has kind of healed so much and that's not to say that the pain can ever be erased a loss will always stay with a parent there is absolutely nothing that can replace any of the children that didn't make it earthside but i am honestly so so very happy to know that he has brought some healing to you Oh God, he so has. And he randomly arrived on the 13th of December and it goes into a whole other podcast episode. Mm. But obviously my husband, Jeff, who died in 2011, our number was 13 massively in so many ways. Mm. And he wasn't due until the 30th. We were scheduled in um, on the 16th to have a session, but he arrived on the 13th. And I just feel like, mm. you know, you feel like all the stars just kind of align mm -hmm. a little bit. Mm -hmm. yeah kind of and it I, wasn't actually it was actually michael that said it he was mm -hmm. like sinead it's the 30th i was like oh my god <laughs> like what but yeah i just feel like it's kind of the the cherry on top i suppose mm -hmm. of of a lot of hurt and a lot of sadness and shit times but yeah not anymore and he's a dreamboat he's so good like he just feeds and sleeps and He's starting to be a bit more alert now. I think he's going to have blue eyes, which is great. The only one of my children with oh. the colour of my eyes. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's here. I'm just, and... again, sniffing him and staring at him. I'm like, he is here. 
I just wanted to share the happy ending. Um, as I said before, we've received so many messages from women about how they felt supported by hearing how you spoke about your miscarriage and your ectopic during the pandemic and how much you have done to raise awareness for how losing a child without a partner with you impacts you um, and, and impacts the partner. Everything you've done over the last 18 months to champion what parents need throughout this whole saga that I really need to end soon. Yeah. And to hear that actually he's in your arms. You got there. <laughs> you had the strength to risk one more loss. And not everyone can. Not everybody would have the strength to do that. And no. that's okay too. And that's okay. Oh my God, it's okay. Like, I, personally, I don't think I, I could. I, I don't know. I don't know. But I know I would have huge empathy for any woman who said no no more no more loss no more pain no more risk no more of heartbreak um and so many people were like are you crazy why are you doing this to yourself why are you putting yourself through this again they were protecting you oh absolutely they didn't want to see you go through this again no no so it's not like it's you know, people just think it's the, the woman who goes through the miscarriage that's affected and the husband who's, or the partner who's with them. You know, it's not. It's, it's my mom and my, my dad and my siblings that are watching me and my best friends who were here time and time again, you know, letting me talk about it as I do. I love to talk and going for walks and just, you know, it, it takes an army. It takes a village to raise a child. It takes an army to get you through some of the hardest days, you know. So, yeah, it's... It's, yeah, I, I don't know. It's tough, but we got there. We did. And I'm very stubborn. Like, I don't really like when people tell me that I can't have something. I <laughs> I'm know. now working on my husband for number four. <laughs> <laughs> but our bodies are our bodies. And for some, Absolutely. ending the cycle of hope and loss is the right thing. For some, Absolutely. pursuing is the right thing, even if they don't get that baby in the end. Um, for you, I am just beyond happy that he is in your arms and that he is healthy and he is well and to see you as happy as you are because, look, we've had tough conversations and I have never seen you happy like this. <laughs> and I am happy to I see you so happy. <laughs> tension and anxiety and worry just in my shoulders and my neck and yeah. everywhere. You just can't relax. You can't relax until they're here. Like anyone who's experienced it will know you just yeah you don't believe it until they're here and even now i'm getting messages from people saying he's here i'm like i know he's here he's here alibi is here number three is here um thank you for letting me see him he's (laughs) so delicious and thank you for the first conversation because I know that that was not easy. Thank you for everything that you have done since and for the strength that you've had in sharing honestly and openly about the realities of trying to conceive and trying to hold on to that pregnancy to term. Um, It doesn't happen for everyone and it doesn't happen every time. And we need to get more comfortable with talking about it because it is real and it shouldn't be done silently um, and it shouldn't be ignored. Yeah. Yeah. It's a re- it is a real reality and it is a really painful one and I just don't know why we can't 
be more open about it because if anything we need more support not silence in those Absolutely. moments yeah. um, so that is all I can say is that I'm just so delighted <laughs> that part two has a happy ending and he is in oh, your arms and he is fast asleep and he is absolutely delicious <laughs> totally passed out for the whole episode I'm very proud of you good boy <laughs> thank you so much Sinead Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening and to Water Wipes, the world's purest baby wipes for their support. Proven to be purer than cotton wool and water, Water Wipes are made with just two ingredients and are 100% biodegradable, plastic-free and compostable wipes. So you can do what's best for your baby's skin and help protect the planet. If you enjoyed this conversation, subscribe, rate or leave a review. Share this episode across social and get in touch with this week's guest at Sinead Hingston on Instagram.